episode of Let's Talk Monsters. I'm Mike. I'm Allison. And today we have another mini-sode for you, and we also have our third and final question on Victorian literature of the late 19th century. Today, Allison is going to pose a question to me. Okay, my question is about the picture of Dorian Gray, which is interesting to me because I wouldn't say Dorian Gray is a member of the Monster Pantheon, but he is a member of the Victorian Pantheon, and sometimes the two cross over. I think Dracula is the biggest like link between those two. But yeah, Dorian Gray, he's been in things where he encounters vampires and werewolves and things of that nature. So along those lines, my question to you is Dorian Gray, he is a supernatural being, but if you had to say he was a certain type of monster, like put him in like a category, what would you put him in and, and why? What are the rules that he has to follow? You know, every monster has rules. Okay. So to clarify, this story is based on a book written by Oscar Wilde called Picture of Dorian Gray. And as Allison said, he's not really part of the monster pantheon, especially not the universal monster pantheon, but uh, he is sort of included a lot with other stories and uh, sci-fi. He was part of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. He was in Penny Dreadful, the Showtime series that was on a few years ago. So Dorian Gray does rub elbows with a lot of the classic monsters, especially when those monsters are based on famous literature. And the film that we're primarily discussing for today's question is the picture of Dorian Gray that was released in 1945. And off the top of my head, unfortunately, I cannot tell you who directed it. It is considered to be the first real serious film version of the story. There was another version that came out in the 1970s that was a made for TV. I think it was 1975. I remember watching it as a kid and I really liked it a lot. That's That was the first time I actually you know discovered the picture of Dorian Gray. But we're primarily talking about the film from 1945. So to answer Allison's question, there are some rules stated in that film. I guess to answer the question first off, I would say what kind of monster would I say he is? He is a supernatural being, I would say that his power comes to him via black magic. He's certainly not a scientifically created monster. This is more of a monster that comes through almost like Faust, you know, wishing for things and then getting what you wish for and then regretting it kind of thing. It's definitely like a black magic or a dark forces creation that Dorian Gray becomes. So I would put him in the same category as the mummy. Any character that sort of has this Cagliostro sort of has been alive for a really long time aspect, even though Dorian Gray doesn't really live as long as in the actual story, he doesn't live as long as he could have. So, you know, one of the rules, I guess the main rule here to state is that Dorian Gray does not age, nor does he blemish, nor does he feel contrition or guilt for any of the things that he does in life. All of that stuff goes to a painting. So there's a painting of him and the painting absorbs all of that negativity. So the painting ages, the painting absorbs his sins and every time he commits a sin or he does something that's bad or whatever you want to say, uh, he becomes uglier. He becomes an uglier person, more wrinkles, you know, just, you know, more gray hair, all of the stress that comes with making poor decisions in life, decisions that most of us regret. And then we try to improve ourselves and become better people, but he's immune to that. So so all of that stuff just goes to the painting and then he just lives this carefree life where it's like, dum, 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 you know, everything's fine. And he just keeps on treating people badly. And that's a rule. The rule is basically that I guess we could say that's his power, his power, like in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, when he's more or less, his character is more or less coming across as more like a superhero. There's certain things that he can do because he knows he can't really be harmed and he's not going to die uh, as long as his painting is locked away somewhere and it's safe.
safe or in a safe, we could say. So that's how he functions. Those are more or less the rules. But the main rule and how to destroy him, of course, is one has to destroy the painting. And I think the classic way of destroying the painting is to stab it. In the book, he stabs it. In the 45 version, he stabs it. I remember maybe it was from the 1975 version or some other version, maybe Penny Dreadful, that the painting was destroyed by fire. So I think that's also a possibility. Those are basically the rules. If you destroy the painting, you destroy Dorian Gray. One of the mistakes that people make with Dorian Gray is that they interpret him as just someone who gets to live forever. Once again, it's not so much that he does have that power. And I think in a lot of, you know, secondary literature, the, the fact that he doesn't grow old is really played up a lot. But I think in the original story, I think from Oscar Wilde, I think it's that, it's youth and being able to stay nice and young and handsome and everything and skinny. <laughs> but I think with Oscar Wilde, it's also probably even more importantly, the bad stuff that he does, the bad deeds and the sins that really make him an ugly person. I think the whole point here is that he's beautiful looking on the outside, but he's really rotten on the inside. Anyway, that's my answer to Allison's question. We'll be back again tomorrow to continue our Halloween minisodes, and we will have a new theme. Bye. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Leave us five stars and a review. Thanks.